Welcome into a new episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. Sitting across from me is my, my best good friend, Mr. John Mobley. Hello, Gavna. My name is Chris Mathis, and guys, we're excited to have encountered episode 15. Yes, we're on number 15. That's crazy. We this time have, has flown um, by. just completely lost track that this is actually number 15. So yeah. um, hopefully um, we are... Um, We've upped the game a little bit with our production, and you can hear us more clearly. Yes, we um, want to be tickling your ear holes. Yes, thanks to these mm. awesome... Mmm, mm. I love when my ear holes are tickled. <laughs> um, thanks to these awesome Yeti blue microphones that we're using. Just Those can't awesome. say enough good things about these little uh, blue... Uh, magic blue uh, Yeti microphones that we're yeah, using. They're uh, awesome. They're, they're simply fantastic. They definitely changed the game. Yes. Well, John, tell me about your weekend. What kind of what kind of gig? Yeah, you Yeah. Um, so just regular gig. Uh, I can't speak. Uh, regular weekend gigs. Um, you know, uh, nothing. Uh, nothing out of the uh, out of the usual. Had some really good um, band gigs over the weekend. Had some uh, sound sound guys. Uh, actually did good jobs at some venues we played out, which is good. Wow. So, makes your life easier. Yeah, it makes your life a lot easier. Uh, what about yourself, sir? Mostly just church. Um, I didn't have anything kind of big standout okay. gigs, um, but church was, was definitely keeping me dialed in all that's, week. That's good. Yeah, yeah, as, yeah. It, as it should. As it should. Um, so, um, guys, we have a very exciting episode that, Extremely. that John, I will give him all the credit on, uh, has been has been dreaming up, and we have been kind of sussing it out for a while. Yes, we have uh, been really excited. been meticulous about um, our our episode of why you should learn jazz. Why you should learn jazz. Yeah, this is this is going to be one that I hope you guys will absorb. I'm really excited to bring you the info. I know John is so super excited. Super Take excited. A drink. Take a drink. Let's get into it. So, John, let's get right into it. So, if, yes. if I'm a layman, if I'm just a guy that's out, you know, regular out everyday there, Joe, regular Joe everyday the Joe, plumber, Joe the plumber of jazz, I want to learn to play jazz, but okay. why is it important? Well, um, and I don't, you know, I, I would like to preface this by saying I am not the Ken Burns of jazz, if you will. People are not going to come to me for uh, the, uh, the end all be all of jazz opinions. Okay. However, um, I, I, with my schooling and the, the players I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to play with, I do have a strong opinion about why you need to learn jazz. Okay. Um, I think there are just so many benefits to learning jazz, and a lot of it is um, some myths that I would like to debunk mm-hmm. that, uh, about learning jazz. It's not just a bunch of notes and you know odd meters and i can't you know i can't get into it because it's not grooving like i'm that's not the case Mm -hmm. um but there are some fundamental um just really important things that are going to uh expand your musical horizons especially on your instrument okay um just to brainstorm a few off the top of my head it's going to translate into your other genres of music that you play in. So if you're a rock guy or you're a country guy or, you know, playing in a corporate band, learning jazz music is going to pay dividends in those genres. You're going to ask the question, that makes zero sense. Well, I'm going to explain how that that's going to help said genres of music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in to kind of, piggyback off that it's going to help your chops your overall chops it's going to help that mm-hmm. the biggest thing 
one of the many biggest things. There's going to be quite a few that I say are the biggest things. So there's going to be quite the plethora of big things. Um, one of them is your pocket and your feel for music. That is the biggest thing that permeates into the other genres of music. Okay. And I'm sure Chris has been diving in headfirst in the jazz, and him and I, we you know, we text and talk about it. So we're we're kind of he's he's sparring things off of me as he's yeah. uh, as doors keep on opening, and there's another bigger door behind that. So the 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 thing that changed my playing when I got into jazz was it developed my pocket and my feel to a point to where I noticed how crappy it was before. Wow. Like, it was so bad. Okay. It was so bad. And I'm going to give some examples of what pocket and feel, um, what I mean by that, and the kind of sub-layers to said pockets and feels that are kind of correlated into those main pocket and feel terms, if you will, boxes, if you will. Gotcha. Um, But I think one thing you and I were talking about before we started recording was how, 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 how aware of your pocket and your feel and your dynamics that you are since you have kind of discovered jazz music and you've kind of started, uh, you know, digging into the music and into the genre. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that, you know, you and I have actually played a gig since Mm -hmm. you've been into this music. And I honestly, I feel like I can almost tell a difference from your approach, Mm -hmm. you know, your technique, all that stuff. And it, and it, it infects, what you're doing. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely can attest to your, your statement of how it will ripple out into other genres. Right. Um, to give you guys some, some uh, back history a little bit, you know, I've been playing drums for many, many years and there's been a lot of drummers that have influenced me that were of the jazz kind of you know, right. genre. Mm-hmm. Um, most importantly, I think every drummer is probably touched at some point by Dave Weckl. Yes. Um, and, you know, I've, I've basically just kind of tested the waters with jazz mm-hmm. throughout my career of playing mm-hmm. music. It has not been something I've stayed with. Mm-hmm. So um, since we had our interview with Miles Brown. My boy, Miles. Thanks for coming on, Miles. Yeah, man. Check him um, out. So since that episode, which mm-hmm. has now been, you know, close to two months ago that we interviewed right. him. I have been listening to nothing but jazz and mm-hmm. fusion. And right. we're talking old jazz, right. even all the way back to like right. the 20s and 30s. Yeah. Ching, ching, now. ching jazz. Right. Not Boney James or Kenny G jazz. Yeah, we're not, not yeah, no, no, we're not talking about smooth jazz. Real jazz. Yeah. Real jazz, real musicians, real uh-huh. comping, all these kind uh-huh. of things. Uh-huh. So I've been listening to all this kind of stuff, and right. this is the deepest dive I've ever mm. done. So throughout 20 plus years of playing. It's a deep rabbit hole, my friend. You know, yeah, it is. I'm stuck now. Yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. Right. But, um... You know, I would I would I would go down the rabbit hole a little bit, mm-hmm. and I would get into some stuff that I didn't quite understand, mm-hmm. and then I would go back to where I felt safe. Right. So I think that's what I'm learning is that with jazz is that it's it's like you've said, like peeling an onion. You know, it is when you push past certain things, like yeah. it becomes this mind blowing genre, and it, it definitely is changing my thoughts of music and mm-hmm. my playing, as, as you it, say, as it should. And I think um, the key thing for jazz is you have to let it come to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be forced upon you. Um, my situation was a little bit different because it was pretty much forced upon me because our, at the Atlanta Institute of Music, there was such a big, uh, jazz, um, theory and the jazz performance was such a big, 
uh, curriculum, uh, right. part of the curriculum at AIM. Um, as Miles Brown stated in his interviews, a lot of that he's, he was very similar to the Berkeley curriculum as far as the jazz classes, right. courses, what they were teaching. Um, I wanted no part of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me let me just preface that by you know I'm I was a rock guy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and that was something that was. Thank God that it was forced upon me, right. um, but it was nonetheless. So I kind of, I was almost uh, waterboarded into <laughs> liking jazz, if you will. Um, th- but once I got, tur- once the switch got flipped, it was, it was down the rabbit hole I went. Nice. So timing is important for jazz. Um, if you try and listen to it and it's just, ugh, then... Yeah. Chances are you're probably not just you're not listening to the right stuff, um, but there could be a chance where you're just not ready for it. It's yep. not it's not something that um, is going to perk your uh, inner uh, spirit animal, if you will. Yeah, it's got to be the timing has got to be right for that music to get into your soul, right? And 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 want to make you ask more questions. Yeah. So when the timing's right. You know, it you 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 will get into the jazz world. Right. So for me, um, once I got turned on into it, into the jazz world, um, it's it's just a deep rabbit hole. Um, I believe Miles said that it was like he spent five, five or six years. years. Yeah. I think that's what kind of triggered it for me is when he was like, "Yeah, I mean, I I went into jazz for like five years, and I know I'd not said this to mm-hmm. you, but I I was really tinkering with the thought of like getting into it. Mm-hmm. And then when he said that he spent five years listening to nothing but jazz. I was like, you know what? Maybe, you know, again, I want to do this. I want to dive into this and really see where this rabbit hole leads to. Yeah. Because you can get, um, I, I, and I did the same thing even when I got, um, um, as I was learning it at school, I mean, gosh, I probably, I probably spent about a good four or five years where that's all I was doing, listening to. And back when you can only listen to CDs, you didn't have, you know, Bluetooth and all that stuff. You actually had to put a CD put a in, CD on, put some headphones on, put some headphones yeah. on. And I mean, it's all I listen to, you know, it's all I listen to. And, you know, occasionally I'd go to my, you know, my, my old faithfuls, you know, mm-hmm. whatever rock or metal, whatever I was already had been into, but it was just nothing but straight unadulterated jazz. And I think to your point, I, I've catch myself doing this now listening to jazz is that I'm not tuning uh, I'm, not, I'm not tuning it out, so to speak, with right. multitasking. Yeah. What I mean by that is, is when I put something on and I put some headphones on mm-hmm. or I've got some speakers mm-hmm. playing in the background, I'm actively listening. Right. I'm Correct. actively listening. Critically so listening. Yeah, right. It's not rock music mm-hmm. where I feel like, oh, this is predictable, right? This is Driving rock. music. It's yeah. not driving music. This, Jazz is not. I mean, I guess it can be, but for, for us musicians, like, yes. It's, I want to pay attention to it, right? Correct. And what's interesting is my wife, like, you know, I'll have it on in the car mm-hmm. and I'm tuned into mm-hmm. it. And she's like, this is so relaxing. It is. And I'm like, it is. It is relaxing, right. but for a musician's ear, I love the fact that she can call it relaxing yeah. and I can really That's, tune into it. It's, and it, and it's, it, it's called, it's mental on the job training. Right. Exactly. Is, is what, is what a jazz I, record CD is. I would say just from my own experience mm-hmm. now that if you're going to get into jazz, you have to be prepared to be an active listener. Yeah. You have to be an active listener and you have to be, um, constantly, even if you don't necessarily know for, for you, for instance, like you don't necessarily know that it's a, a tritone substituted two five one chord progression that they're solo. You can, you're internalizing 
um, the melodic ideas, mm -hmm. the phrasing. Mm -hmm. um, you, you'll get into that if you if you so choose to want to get into the theoretical side of the composition. You can, but the the idea of being an active listener, you're you're, you're critically listening to mm -hmm. to that jazz music. I mean, uh, you know, now when I'm listening to jazz, you know, I can enjoy it. You know, because I'm, you know, eventually. As the song goes in, if, especially if it's something I'm listening to, I'll, I'll just get inspired because it's some badass playing, right? right? Right. But you know, eventually you'll get to a point where you listen to it for enjoyment. But yeah, it's and when you're first getting into the uh, the jazz uh, universe, being an active listener is super important. Take a drink, mm -hmm. and I don't think it's it's not necessarily when you get to the jazz universe, it's just getting there. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the most important thing is to just let it, let it come naturally. Let it find you. Let it find mm -hmm. you. Cause it, it really will. If you're trying to uh, be um, the kind of player that your heroes are mm -hmm. that, you know, if you ask them, they want to be talked well about amongst their peers and mm -hmm. all of that stuff for the most part. Right. You know, right. there's some, you know, Granted, you're probably your punk rock guys aren't going to be into Pat Metheny. Probably not. Probably not. Mm -hmm. They might be. Mm -hmm. Probably not. Though. Let's just assume they're not. Let's just assume they're not for <laughs> for, for for poops and giggles. Yeah, but yeah. you know, for for you know a a a working musician for a hired gun guy that um, you know that's getting called in for gigs, um, being a well-rounded musician. You've gotta you've gotta get into the jazz universe and really really kind of sink your teeth into it um, because it's it's gonna it's gonna and I think it, it's doing some of this for you for sure it's it's making you reevaluate everything about your playing from yeah. your your you know what you're bringing out to gigs to how you're playing songs in your pop rock gigs like mm -hmm. I'm not you know your 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 dynamic control your dynamic feel mm -hmm. it all gets reevaluated yeah. as you study it, jazz it, and a, as you're actively listening to it you right. start noticing things for instance we, you know chris and i were uh, on a on a gig with joe hall he, mm -hmm. he came out and played drums for us and uh we were talking about how your your dynamic presence and your dynamic conviction was reborn yeah at that moment That's because the of your perfect word for it you know, because of your uh, studying, your brief study of, of jazz music, mm -hmm. you're able to discern that from what you've already, you know, been been digging on. Right. And you're applying that to country rock. Right. Right. And that's that's the best word. Reborn is because it, it feels like even though I've touched on jazz right. throughout, I've never done this deep dive thing. Right. Like I said, you know, I'm only two months into this. I could see this going on, like Miles said, and like you've said for years, because yeah. you're not going to, you're not going to spend a few months in this no. and say, okay, cool. I got it. Right. It's right. going to take some time. Right. So yeah, it's it, what it, what it's doing, which is something I applied in that gig mm -hmm. is it's changing the way I think about practice. Right. Listen, I said how I think about practice, uh, not how I'm practicing. How you think about so it, So I'm Correct. thinking about Correct. how I'm practicing, Correct. right? I'm practicing quieter notes. Yep. I'm practicing with more intention mm -hmm. versus just turning on a song or turning on a metronome. I'm thinking about how the approach and how those notes are landing. Mm. And it's becoming this very, like, awe-inspiring thing for me. Like, right. I really feel like in a lot of ways there's some rebirth taking place. And, and, and for me, it was the same it was the same thing that was happening to me. I was having a rebirth inside my rebirth at school that I was already, 
Um, but coming from a background pretty much identical to yours, which mm-hmm. is no prior schooling, right? Um, these concepts of dynamic control, mastery of dynamic control, mm-hmm. that jazz musicians can just do at the drop of a hat. Yeah. And it's, it's scary how, how good some of it is. Because that's right. not something you really think about when you think rock music. Right. No rock, one talks rock, about dynamics. Right. right? It's, it's just it, one volume. If you were much. to ask the, the normal uh, Mary Jane or the uh, Bob, Bobby Joe, mm-hmm. um, if you were to say, if I'm going to say rock, rock and roll, you give me one first word that comes to your head, they're going to say loud. Loud. Yes. Loud. loud. Mm-hmm. And see... That's not necessarily loud doesn't equal a better feel or more conviction. Mm-hmm. Loud is if that's what it's called for. If that's what it's called for, then damn it, we're going to be loud. That's almost like a tool, right? You know, loud Correct. is a tool, it's right? A that, tool. That's the sledgehammer. Yes. So um, to circle back around to um, the, the, the getting the jazz thing down in your, in your, in your belt and your goodie bag is that um, amongst other things that I'm going to talk about is my, my, my dynamic control, mm-hmm. um, came along tenfold by listening to jazz, observing that it's not always a hundred percent loud. Mm-hmm. It's not always, you know, 30% salt that you, you have to weave dynamically in and out of those different, uh, out of those different, um, you know, um, volumes, yeah, if volumes, you will. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So w- one of the things that I notice immediately, like if you go see a bar band or a, a band in a nightclub mm-hmm. is that's the first thing that I notice immediately is how good are their dynamics. Mm-hmm. Right. Are they some loud ass, obnoxious screaming guitar? Mm-hmm. You know, overhead Six, cymbals un- jacked up yeah. in the front of house, yeah. or like, and the singer is trying his best to keep up with all and this. The, you, it, right, classic bar band mix, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you know, if you are, I'll preface this by saying, if you're at the mercy of the club's front of house, and you don't have a choice, but let's just say in a perfect world, you know, dynamically. You need to, that is part, to me, that is an instrument within the band is that dynamic control amongst the players. Mm-hmm. When that forms a Voltron dynamic, if you will, those elements yeah. connect and connecting and forming like one element. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then that in and of itself is a member of the band mm-hmm. that push and pull to tension and resolution is another pillar of jazz that's going to transfer into other genres and other means of um, other genres of music, I should just say. Um, Learning that jazz is nothing but a series of tension and resolution or tension and release. Mm -hmm. Um, Some some scholars will refer to it as. Either way, you take your pick. So tension and resolution is just what it what it says it's 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 you build up all of this harmonic and rhythmic tension and you release it into a into home base if mm-hmm. you will mm-hmm. 
And what that does is, is it takes it, it it's 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 supposed to take you on a musical journey, all that, whatever. But what's setting all of that up is your understanding of there needs to be tension and release, your dynamic feel, and then the obviously being able to speak the language of jazz, right? There's a certain language. There's a certain um, selection of notes, right. if you will. Um, Almost for, a, a syntax. Yeah, a syntax. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, that, that that comes along with with jazz. So not to get too far off, off the beaten path, but I think that, you know, once you kind of get your rock and roll jollies, mm-hmm. you know, once you kind of discern what you you hit a wall with your heroes. It's like, you've already, you've, you've got that out of the way. Like there's, there's more beyond that, that wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what jazz does when you start to really, when, when it's your time and you, you're there and you're absorbing it. And and I feel like this is happening with you daily. Um, it's just your, your re, your rebirthing, you know, uh, thoughts, mm-hmm. um, debunking myths, in your own head um, about what I need on a gig or yep. what, what am I, what am I practicing at home? Right. So it makes you uh, hyper aware of all of this other stuff because mm-hmm. when you listen to jazz, it's so, it's so um, uh, universal in what it's doing that it, um, it's something that, that permeates into everything that you're doing. Right. It really does. I mean, the thing I would, I would really, encourage listeners or anyone that's thinking about getting into jazz is to definitely do it because there's only so far for me anyway, I felt like I I had gone as far as I can with what I can learn Mm -hmm. from rock or from metal or from country Mm -hmm. or from funk or whatever. All of these genres have that underlying syntax or whatever you want to call it elements of rock music or of blues. Right. But when, I mean, although there are blues elements in jazz, mm-hmm. it's a whole lot different when you, when you construct it around the rhythms and the form mm. and formula of mm-hmm. jazz. Mm-hmm. And you and I had a conversation, whether it was via text or something about how, you know, I felt like I had just reached a place where I was no longer inspired by rock music right. from, from a drummer standpoint. Right. So all of these things, you know, the Miles Brown interview, him talking mm-hmm. about jazz, you talking about jazz, eventually it permeates into me. And like you say, like jazz will find you it at will. a certain time. And now I feel that like all this discovery, like mm-hmm. I feel like a teenager again playing mm-hmm. drums and it's just this really refreshing time. It, it, it really is. And you and I have had some conversations back when we were on the road, lonely in our hotel rooms, mm-hmm. uh, keeping each other warm. Ah. Um, you would ask me, like, we would just, you know, have bro talk, yeah, right? Yeah. And I remember some of our conversations were about, like, you know, my playing and, and, like, specific questions. And I would always, inadvertently, I would talk about jazz and how mm-hmm. important it was. And, mm-hmm. you know, the players that I got to play with, the jazz guys, and what I learned from them and how it was just, it, it, it's what I needed. Right. You know, so when anybody asked me, like, what took my playing to the next level, quote unquote, is learning and being able to play jazz. The immersion. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I didn't uh, have those capabilities and that, and, and the understanding of that, uh, and, you know, I'm pretty 
I'm, I would, you know, I'm not a grandmaster at jazz, if mm -hmm. you will, but you know, I, I can, I can make my way around. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that, 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 um, having that tool is probably the most important tool on my tool belt for sure. Super important. Super important. <laughs> Take a big swig for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so to kind of dig a little deeper into some the pocket and feel thing because I really want to touch this because I think this is um, especially for guitar players this is really where you're going to be able to tell it pays dividends so swinging eighth notes in jazz super important take another drink right, right? Okay. super important that feel that ching 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 feel and that feeling that eighth note or feeling an upbeat Mm -hmm. in a bar mm -hmm. as opposed to a one or an and mm -hmm. the and is is just as is, is it's important but those off beats in that bar those upbeats if you will in that bar you have to be able to feel that mm. right you have to be able to feel each each subdivision in that bar respectively you need to be able to feel the 16th and the eighth note and when you're swinging when you've got that 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 constant eighth note swing, it is the most beneficial groove to help your overall feel. Okay, you, does that make sense? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, and you can probably expand upon, um, you know, like stirring the soup, man. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like those feels are strictly jazz. First thing that comes to your brain, right? Yeah. yeah. But. It's not that you're learning to stir the soup. There's so much dynamic control. There's so much technique that goes into the control of the brush. Right. And, right. and, and where you're putting your accents your and accents, things like that. Right. right? right. And it's that's, not, you know, that's something that has always intrigued me is like brush players. You know, right. the first ones I've seen were, were like the Dave Weckles and the yep. Steve Smith, um, those kind of guys. Um, I was influenced a lot by fusion. So if any mm -hmm. of those guys had, obviously they did have like a jazz background, you would see some of that pop out in their playing. And in my mind, you know, I would hold these guys in such a high, yeah. high, high level. Yeah. Um, and, and, and brushes, brush playing, mm -hmm. stirring the soup, as you call it. Hey, um, you got hot rods. Yeah, I got hot rods. I got hot rods. Sorry. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> an inside joke, yes. you guys. Um, getting into brush playing now mm -hmm. is another thing. You know, like I, I went as far as to even make uh, my own uh, practice pad for yeah, just brush so play, cool. you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is such an intriguing thing for me now. Yeah. And I, and I guess because, you know, we've talked about doing this episode and this topic for mm -hmm. like maybe three months, mm -hmm. you know, like it's been on the books for a while mm -hmm. and it's a weird alignment, the way things have come out with me and with you. Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm glad that you've been, you've, you've kind of tapped the keg on this jazz stuff because it's given us more mana yeah. to pull from, if you will, yeah. especially for me, because I'm more of a, a pundit on this, mm -hmm. on this topic. And, um, you know, I don't want to sound like some elite jazz snob cause I'm not, you know, I'm just, you know, this is my two cents. Yeah. Right. Well, um, I think that you're coming from a background of, uh, here's how it has affected me. Here's sure. how it has changed yeah. me. Right. And now I'm in a place to where I'm starting to reap those things you've talked about. Yes. So, big time. you know, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're not going to be, you know, elites about this, but what we're, we're trying to say is, is that, this stuff works. This it, stuff, this stuff is it real, does. and it's definitely something to, to put time into. Right, and I, and the other thing that that is um, of the utmost importance or super important, mm -hmm. if you will, mm -hmm. is um, you gotta. It's it's hypercritical that you get turned on to the right type of jazz music. That's what I was about to ask you. Once if we somebody, got there, if like, I were to give you a 
uh, Thelonious Monk, um, you know, like him playing apostrophe, that old jazz standard, mm-hmm. like with his group, you you throw up in your in your. That's like musicians' jazz, yeah. right? It's two, you know, or some Mingus or something like that. Like, that's not what you want to wet your whistle with when you're first getting into this genre. Like, so you need to find what something. You, what would you recommend? So, for me, um, some of the first, you know, me being a guitarist, um, when I first heard two guitar players, um, respectively, uh, Pat Metheny's Bright Size Life record, when I heard that, mm-hmm. and when I heard uh, George Benson's uh, Breezing, uh, Bad Benson record, any of that, it, it uh, also Grant Green, um, when I heard those guitar players playing jazz, I that was a game-changing moment for me. It was a, an epiphany of, okay, hmm. I can... Like that sounds good yeah. to my ears. First gra- of all, you could grasp, could grasp it. Yeah. it, right? Yeah, tangibly because you know, obviously, if you don't, if you don't know who Pat Metheny is, just just YouTube him or, or, or Google search him. I should say, just stop this right now. Just pause it and go do that. Yeah, go do it right now. <laughs> yeah, um, he's you know heavyweight when it comes to jazz guitarists. Anyway, um, his approach to playing jazz was groundbreaking at the time but it was it it, it was i could grasp it Mm -hmm. you know um the other thing about say grant green go look him up pause it do it right now um is and i'll let you listen to some of his stuff before we started recording is um the ability to make your guitar sound like a horn yeah right yeah so as a chord progression is moving, the guitar improv sounds like a tenor saxophone mm-hmm. or even a piano player would, would, would improv over those sets of chord changes. Mm-hmm. And that blew my freaking mind. Yeah. I mean, what you played me, I was like, it almost sounds like he's, he's talking. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, a very, it's, very, so melodic. In fact, yeah. that it was like almost a vocal, like. That's key word you said. It's still melodic. Mm-hmm. It's not just a bunch of yeah. notes. Notes, yeah. Butterfly notes is what I call them. Mm. You know, uh, there there is some melodic uh, uh, meat on the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, so Matheny and then George Benson was just he had the soul that blues kind of thing that you know I my you know blues background coming from Almond Brothers and. Black Crows and, you know, Zeppelin and Hendrix and Stevie Ray, that the blues stuff, right. the blues box, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's kind of where I, I came from. So, you know, George had the that soul and that, you know, obviously the chops. Um, but he, it was still melodic. Mm-hmm. You know, he had all the blazing bebop chops, but his stuff... His lines and his phrasings, even his jazz linear stuff, you know, is just so melodic mm. that um, I could grasp it. You know, I could, I could, I could get into it. And, and, and you know, he was real. You know, he was, you know, he was up in New York, and there's he was in that, you know, in that era where they were kind of trying to segue out of the Miles and Coltrane thing, right. and they were looking for the new kind of sound. They were searching for for 
you know, they were still in the traditional jazz, ching, 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 ching. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were pushing the envelope. Yeah. So, you know, those three guys in particular uh, really kind of started my rabbit hole. It, it was just once I, you know, opened those doors, many other doors opened after that. Mm-hmm. So the key thing um, to do is find the right stuff, find the right musical jazz stuff. Because if you can't, if you, if you find the right, the wrong stuff, it's going to be yeah. not good. But do you think that it's important to, for a guitar player mm-hmm. per se, to listen to only guitar player type jazz? I would say, yeah, leader, in, 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 the, in the beginning to, to, to wet your whistle, mm-hmm. um, you know, listen to Pat Metheny, uh, listen to uh, George Benson, um, listen to Grant Green, uh, listen to um, Schofield. Schofield. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to. Uh, I, there are many other jazz great guitar players out there that I'm not touching on, but I'm 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 speaking from a homogenization. Okay. Right. That is that you can. That's not too far out there. That you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you start with those, you'll get a pretty good idea of of what's going on um, across the jazz universe and the guitar, in the guitar world. But to circle back to um, the importance of swinging eighth notes and pocket and feel, I want to um, make sure that there's a clear distinction. I'm not talking about jazz fusion here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about old school ching 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 jazz, jazz right? Right. Because you're not going to get that swinging of eighth notes or stirring of soup concepts for you drummers mm-hmm. um, in jazz fusion jazz for the most part. I mean, there's some elements in there, but, you know, it's mostly, you know, rock rhythms, you know, yeah. the drummers are, are laying down, correct? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's rock, it's funk, it's those type of things right. fused in with jazz stylistic stuff. Yes. But what you're saying and what I'm totally picking up is that that swinging eighth note yep. is essential, it's yep. integral in, in learning that feel. Yeah. It's part of the language that you have to learn how to speak. I mean, mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's what jazz is. Just like rock has its, you know, its voice and its language, you know, jazz has a language too. And it's, you know, it's, it, it seems difficult mm-hmm. at first, mm-hmm. but once you start peeling the onion back, it, it all kind of ties into one another. It starts to make sense. So... Just make sure that they're that. I just want to make sure that we're that's what we're, we're talking about. We're yeah. being clear about, yeah, yeah. you know, what we're learning from. Um, so you know, it helps with your with with every genre that you're going to go out and play in. Um, it's going to seep into those genres, whether it be you know from you know dynamic control, mm-hmm. um, you know your 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 feels and your Phrasing. pockets, your phrasings. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for guitar players is the melodic content in your your note selection, mm-hmm. right? You, so that vocabulary that widens. vocabulary yeah. totally widens mm-hmm. as you get into jazz. Um, you start to recognize there's so ma- there's so much there's so many ways to say the cheese is old and moldy, if you will, <laughs> right? So in rock music, that vocabulary gets shrunken down into just kind of the peas and carrots of what you need. Right. Right. That condensing, that condensing, right. You don't necessarily can't get outside that box per Mm -hmm. se. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you do, you're kind of, 
getting into jazz fusion, if you will, oh, at yeah, that right. point. So and that's not what we're doing. But that's that's what it's going to do in your other genres of music. Your, your chops are going to be better. Your pocket and feel is going to be better. Your dynamic control is going to be better. Um, your your uh, your your note selection is going to improve because mm-hmm. you're going to be aware of more uh, theoretical based concepts that mm. you can uh, perform over you know your standard rock stuff. And, and it's really an impro- improvisational uh, aspect that that I'm kind of referring to here is okay. you know something I get asked a lot is um, you know how do I de- how I developed my 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 lead playing my solo playing like mm-hmm. what what did I, what do I think of? What am I, you know, beyond your, my inspirations, like, like how did I, how did I get to that level of being able to pull that off? And it's, I'm sure a lot of people are hoping for like specific examples of a, a chart or something you can yeah. give them and say, practice this and yeah. you'll sound like me, you know, and you, you, it's, it's, you know, um, a lot of it's just, you know, for us, um, is, uh, transcribing, you know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that, you know, we, we had to go back and put the VHS tape in for you kids don't that don't know what a VHS tape is. You can Google it. Yeah. Um, or, um, getting modern drummer or literature because Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. YouTube wasn't around back in our day. So, so beyond the obvious methods of learning a technique or a song or a part, you know, you'll, you'll put that into your bag of tricks, Mm -hmm. but the concepts uh, that jazz teach you improvis- improvisational that's a hard word improvisational techniques that you learn playing jazz will make your playing so much more sexier right. and more attractive well i mean those things have to be developed in real time with Correct. a band you can't you can't practice improv i mean right. it's just as a, as the nature of the word and the, and of the act of doing it you can't practice those things. You could record it. You know, we probably would, would encourage people to record. Yeah, those absolutely. Things. And I think you know, uh, I, I, I do believe Shannon Corey mentioned something about Dave Weckl saying, you know, mm-hmm. record your practice. Mm-hmm. So you can, you might not be nailing that 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 fill F I L L, or you know, your 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 pocket might be real crappy. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it might not seem that way at the time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what the amongst the other things that jazz did for my playing you know my improvisational ability went through the roof you know um and and my 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 pocket and my feel were right there along with it i'm sure there's probably an an element of confidence that comes out of right when you really deep dive into this stuff and start feeling comfortable with it there's some confidence that's happening yeah and that's not to say that you know i don't you know uh, cop other people's licks or mm-hmm. try to transcribe other players like because i do it's that's an important part of how i developed as a guitar player you know as i learned from my heroes right but we're once you get a certain amount once you bear all the fruit you can bear out of that and there and and and, and i don't mean to sound ignorant when i say this because it's not like you're going to master it or something because you're always going to have there's always stuff you can be transcribing but mm-hmm there's only so much you can get out of smoke on the water. Yep. There's only so much you can get out of, uh, Foxy lady by Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't want to just keep transcribing. You want to, you want to progress. Right. So jazz is that next level of progression that you need to progress to, to develop everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And you and I having conversations as you, 
you know, we're talking about as you're discovering all this stuff, you know, it all comes back around to how it's correlating to your drums right. and what you're going to be doing on gigs coming up, right. how you're reevaluating mm-hmm. um, just your whole approach. Yep. It's really making me think a lot about, um, like you said, not only the gear I'll bring, but the way I approach the drum set. Right. And um, it's bringing a, a different element and having me, having me think, you know, like mm-hmm. more, more, more in depth than I ever have before. Because I think once you figure out rock music, you feel like you're on autopilot. You know, like yeah. this is where this feel goes. This is the type of thing you play to mm-hmm. move to the chorus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And because of that improvisational element, mm-hmm. it almost feels like, anything could happen yeah. and because of that and you don't always, miss it man you have that's like, why you need to be critically listening because you'll miss it if you don't if you're not ready for it it's so. like reading a great book yeah, like right. you don't even know what's on the next yep. page but you're excited yep. you know and with rock music you know if we're honest with ourselves are we really that excited when we hear you know the same formula or the same type mm. of song mm-hmm. the only thing that may stand out is that the melody may be a little different and the lyrics could be different but the elements of rock are there, and it's kind of like, okay, I've read this this book before. I, I've, I know the ending. I know where this is going to lead, kind right, of deal. Right. And that's, you know, you, you know, as you as you, we're probably speaking to the more seasoned player, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, in this particular instance. But, you know, there comes a point in time where you, you just kind of feel like, man, nothing's really moving me, especially right. now in this climate. Right. You know. Jazz is always there yep. to re-humble your ass. What I find ironic about it is that it's the the style of jazz we're talking mm-hmm. about was there before all this other stuff, before the rock and roll. Yep. I mean, it wasn't there before blues, mm-hmm. but before the rock and roll, before the metal, before the country as we know it now, mm-hmm. even country and western. Right. It was there before, and we can always travel back to it. Yep. 1940s, 1950s, mm-hmm. 1930s, wherever, mm-hmm. and that music is there, and that, that that just has to, you know, for the musicians that did that, that has to be such a huge gratification that that foundation sits there for so mm-hmm. many players. It, it it is. I mean, it's the it's it's the musicians' music of choice. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's the gray poupon of musicians, if you will. <laughs> um, it's the preferred choice. You know, any 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 peer. Uh, any of our our peers uh, that we look up to or we play with, or um, I would probably say, jeez, man, ninety eight percent of them are into jazz. Wow, maybe maybe ninety nine percent. I mean, just imagine being on the cutting edge of that. I was looking at pictures of Tony Williams, and I, I ran across a picture of Max Roach, yep. Tony Williams, yeah. and Elvin Jones. Yeah. All three of them are standing together yep. on a street corner in Japan. Yep. Okay, so this is as American jazz has started to permeate mm-hmm. the entire earth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And other countries are starting to pick up on this. And mm-hmm. so they did this Japanese tour. Mm-hmm. And so just imagine, like, being on the cusp mm-hmm. of that. Like, you know, rock bands will go play overseas, and that's right. a big deal. Yep. But it's almost like expected. Right. But to be not only such a great player, but to be part of a movement that is right. changing the world. I mean, yeah. imagine that feeling, that maybe even that weight right you know and it's almost not to get off into a tangent but it's it's really sad that the american culture hasn't embraced the the innovation and the badassery if you will Mm -hmm. of jazz Mm -hmm. music that the japanese culture you know have really embraced jazz musicians because man like well the art form of music we know is is not what it is in america like correct everywhere else in the world but you know to be a to me, in my eyes, and, and I'm sure you feel the same way, 
if you want to be a player's player, you got to play jazz. You got to yeah. know how to play jazz, and yeah. you don't have to be George Benson or you know Tony Williams. Right. But you need to be able to at least pull out a real book and play in a jazz standard mm-hmm. with a bass player, drummer, piano player, horn player, mm-hmm. um, and be able to play a jazz standard. Yeah. Like if you can do that, and you can start and end that standard properly, and mm-hmm. everybody does a round of solos and all you, you you tag it twice and you're done i mean that's yeah you know um it, it, essentially it's a glorified cover mm-hmm. if you will mm-hmm. but it's it is the standard it should be in my book for for any musician that's when okay i i, I can I, i've achieved a certain level when i can do that with any musician mm-hmm. it could be Random Joe on drums, random Joe on bass player, me on guitar, mm-hmm. random Joe a horn player. Mm-hmm. We all choose a jazz standard and just burn straight through it. Yeah, that's got to feel huge. That is, to me, and it still is to this day, the best feeling in music for me is just cooking a jazz standard. Mm. Man. Absolutely love it. That's cool. Just love it. So, um, you know, and I don't, I don't want us to get too far in, into, you know... We're not trying to tell you what to do per se, no, but not. It, it, this is something that really has been burning in my brain for quite some time. You know, Chris and I have been kind of sussing this topic out and it's, it's actually worked out well because you've been getting into the genre. So yeah, it's, it's become it's, like your, your guinea pig. Yeah. Way, and, yeah. And, and for me, you know, it's, it's made me, it's made me re appreciate, um, what I, the little bit that I've been able to be around it's make me it's made me really appreciate um just the the knowledge i was i was given mm-hmm. the, the guys i was able to play with um uh, when i was at school that were just world-class jazz players mm-hmm. um you know because most uh, everyday musicians working musicians don't have the access to the cats that i played with and i learned from mm-hmm so it, it just gives me a greater appreciation, but it also makes me wish I would have flipped that switch a little quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, it definitely does for me. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been playing know, drums for twenty plus years, but you know, I still don't. I don't. I don't feel like it's too late. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? and, like, and like I know, said, just, it's it's just about getting there. Yeah, it ain't about when you did. It's just getting there. Right. You know. So I guess um, to really put a bow on my my key points of of learning jazz and uh we'll put up some of my referenced uh guitar players mm-hmm. uh so you can kind of go and 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 research it and listen to it and see if it moves you i think it will mm-hmm. um we'll put it up in the in the website um but i, I it really and, and chris you can attest to it it's the biggest thing it, it's going to make you hyper aware of things that you're doing in other genres it'll do that and and for sure but i think what it's done for me more now Mm -hmm. is it's making me hyper aware of what i'm doing in a live situation correct right Right. and i've been aware of that all along right you know i've been aware of my place in the song my Mm -hmm. place in the music my Mm -hmm. contribution Mm -hmm. but it you know it takes that that dial where you feel like you're tuned into the radio station and we're tweaking it just a little bit more you know and now it feels like you know Still, it's fresh. It's new. Like that, that, that tweaking is starting to really define some things that maybe had gone, you know, untouched. Correct. Correct. And it, it is, um, 
it's it's an, an abundance of it's almost like a musical encyclopedia mm-hmm. you know because that's that's where you that's where you go to to find the answer yeah right if if your music gets if your playing gets stale i go to jazz right i'll go back to jazz mm. i listen to jazz drummers Mm-hmm. Because that's what moves me, either a jazz drummer or a horn player or a piano player. Um, you know, um, that's what I'll go to 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 restart my engine is jazz music. Mm-hmm. I don't go to Journey. I don't go to... You don't go to Bon Jovi? I don't go to Bon... <laughs> should. I don't go to Toto. I used to. Mm, Toto. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I, don't get me wrong. I go to Toto. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But when I want to be moved and reinvigorated i mm-hmm. put in some jazz you got to step out of that rock circle for you sure. know um it, it, it's going to um pay dividends in other genres the chops um the improvement of dynamic control your feel the importance of of feeling that swung swung in is that a word swung in swung eighth swung? note swung we'll, swung. Go we'll swung. Go, we're gonna go with swung i'm like, not an english I like major swunging. Like I've said before, I'm not a smart man. Um, feeling that 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 eighth note swing, mm-hmm. you getting that embedded into your um, uh, your internal metronome, super important. Super important. Yeah, the improvisational techniques that you'll learn um, from as from a guitar player speaking, mm-hmm. um, it is going to change your rock playing, your country playing. Um, your pop rock playing everything yeah gets um, gets better um, so those are just a few things um, you know I think the biggest thing um, is the listening your ear mm-hmm. um, and the the um, the stripping down of all this other stuff that you thought was really essential to what you need to do to perform, say in a live setting, mm-hmm. not the case. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel that that's mainly, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road when you're on the bandstand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause we're not trying to play in the, in the basement or our bedroom. We're trying mm-hmm. to play with other cats, playing a band, whatever. You're going to pay dividends on that bandstand. Yeah. We're working sure. musicians. We got to get out there and, and gotta, hustle it. You got to get out there and hustle it. Not mm-hmm. to mention, you know, um, it opens up a new uh, gigging opportunity because there's really not a lot of jazz musicians out there. Right. And believe it or not, there are some jazz gigs that pay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and um, uh, that's just another way for you to create revenue for yourself, being able to accept a jazz gig. Um, so that'll open that door. Um, but mainly, um, those kind of three things with the, you know, that I mentioned, I, those are the biggest things for me that I got from jazz and I still get from it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, go in it with an open mind, uh, listen to the right stuff too. Um, and you know, I'm sure Chris is going to continue down this rabbit hole for some time. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. There's you no, know. there's no coming out. Like I'm, I'm very excited to, to be there yeah yeah i'm excited that you're there because it's it's you know in the short amount of time that you've been into it it's i can see just an you know you've just come out of this like a spark old you into Mm -hmm. the new you yeah um it's not that you're going to be 
I'm going to take, I'm just going to play jazz for the rest of my life. That's not it. You know, it's just the fact that you're, you know, the rebirth, the, yeah. the spark, that's the invigoration is there. That's yeah. what, that's what it's good for, man. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's supposed to do. Well, guys, we hope this has been an insightful uh, episode for you. Yeah, yeah uh, you absolutely. Know, John's been talking about this uh, this topic for quite yeah. a while. Yeah, labor yeah. of love we've been working on for a while. So, you know, and we can, honestly, we can talk about this for days and weeks, but, you know, we don't want to beat a death horse into the ground. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, like I said, just be open-minded. Yeah. Well, like John said, we're going to put some links up for you for not only musicians to listen to, but uh, even websites to check out, stuff like that. But um, let's move on to our uh, our picks of the week. We're going to picks of the week. We're holding. You like that? Love it. Love it. There you go. Picks of the week. We don't even need to download segue music. I got this. We can do this. This will be this will be like the third week we've done picks. We're doing. We're we're sticking to our guns here. We are not going to forget the little engine that could the picks of the week. Well, tell me what your pick of the week is. So I'm going to go a little, I'm going to flip the script on picks of the week. I'm going to go with a, um, a ace in the hole, um, for, um, my throat and my voice when I'm singing. Mm. Um, it is a godsend. Um, I, I, I swear by it. It's called uh, Vocalese uh, Throat Spray. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pick it up at Guitar Center or your local, um, whatever big box music store, um, uh, it's a little expensive. Uh, it's about fifteen, sixteen dollars or so, um, but it is. It, it really, really helps your soothe the throat. Um, if you've got a little bit of hoarseness, um, y- you know, if you're doing back to back to back singing shows, or mm-hmm. you know, your your voice is shot, it will it will get you through a gig for sure. Nice. Um, it's it's about a um, it's a one fluid ounce bottle. Um, and supposedly there's certified organic herbs and ingredients mm. in there, but I, pretty much what it is, it's, it's a, from what I can taste, it's like honey, echinacea, just, it's really, you know, an herb, uh, organic herb based, um, uh, spray and just a couple, couple, uh, uh spritz, spritzes, spritz. you're ready to go. So you're, um, so you're also saying it's gluten-free though. I, it, I believe it's gluten-free <laughs> and, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, uh, free from peanuts. They oh. don't make it in a peanut factory. So Perfect. if you have a peanut allergy, you're good to go. Awesome. That's good. Vocalese vocal spray. It's my pick of the week, sir. Awesome. So my pick of the week, um, you know, I do a lot of, a lot of practicing. I yes. live in, I live in a neighborhood, yes. so I can't always practice at, at full volume or even yes. jazz volume. Yes. I have a lot of practice pads. Yes. I probably have more practice pads than I need. You don't say. I say four at this point. Holy moly, that's a lot. But I've got two that are really unique. The one okay. I spoke of earlier, which yes. is my, my homemade jazz brush. Yes. My brush practice pad, which is super Stir fun. the soup pad is yeah, what I yeah, call it. This is the soup pad. Mm-hmm. The other one that I use quite a bit um, is one by a company called ProLogix. Yep. And they're a company, if you guys haven't heard of them, they make a very unique line of practice okay. pads. Not just one. Not just one, many. They have different ones. Um, they're named after the actual color of the pad itself. Okay. There's like a blackout for the black. There's, you know, red. Uh, the one, the red one is called Red Storm. Okay. Uh, the one I use, the one I'm recommending and, and picking this week is the one called Blue Lightning. So the blue, mm. the particular blue pad. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys have never done this, drummers I'm speaking to, uh, take your sticks and practice on a pillow. Okay. Um, Buddy Rich said he used to practice on a pillow all the time. The sure. reason behind this is because you're getting no rebound right. from the surface you're playing on. Uh, correct. Like a drum is going to give you feedback. Right. But on a pillow, you have to be not only throwing the stick down, but also picking it up. Correct. Okay. So this pad is providing very similar 
type of non-resistance if yeah, you will non-recoil non they, they, they refer cool. to it as heavy resistance okay okay very so cool the stick barely bounces okay. coming back up mm. it's really good construction it has a little, oh, little cutouts in it mm -hmm. for um like a uh, snare stand okay so you can um, mount it but the, the really cool thing is it has a, a rim on it it has rim shots. Like this um this this countersunk pad okay. onto a rim so you can play rim shots correct too. This Very pad neat. is like indispensable. Very neat. I use it all the time. That's, that's um, super cool. And so, you know, you can't always rely on having a pillow. I mean, we, we've spent a lot of time in hotel rooms, but, right. you know, having this pad, you can just throw in a bag with some sticks and it's super quiet. Right. Like even even right. practice pads like gum rubber yeah. practice pads are so, kind of loud. Yeah. So if you're backstage for a gig or, you mm -hmm. know, somewhere you need to be mindful of your volume. Yep. Yep. This is, um, this I, I would say if you had to think about what the surface is like, like think about a, um, like, like neoprene, almost like, uh, what a lot of mouse pads are made out of, uh, but a okay. little thicker. Okay. Very, very interesting. It. It's very, very useful. You guys should check it out. Um, there'll be some links for all these things yes. uh, for and, our picks. Yes. Um, well, John, I think that's going to, it's going to sum up our, our jazz episode. Yeah. Episode 15, uh, the labor of love jazz episode. Um, um, feel real strong about this, man. I think we laid some, some good things out there. Yeah. So. Well, guys, uh, we, we're looking forward to your feedback on this episode and any other episodes, and we appreciate all the uh, all the love and support that we've been getting. Yes. Um, man, we're approaching three months. Just coming this, quick, this, man. This, this podcast this is, in, is still a baby, though. And uh, <laughs> we're just getting started, people. Yeah, definitely so, just getting started. Uh, much, much love out there. Thanks for all the, the downloads and uh, subscribers. We appreciate it. Definitely. Love you guys. And we're going to get out of here. We'll see you all next week. And we out.